this brand new series. Well, not the brand, it's a part two of our series, The Ten. The Ten. And this series is all about the Ten Commandments. All right. And, but with a twist. It's the Ten Commandments in reverse. It's a countdown. We're starting at, we started last week at Commandment number 10, and we're making our way all the way to Commandment number one. The Ten Commandments, they, they weren't given to us by God so, so that, so that um, God wants to be a party pooper. Right? Like, he, here's some rules. If you don't live by these rules, then I'm going to be cross with you. And some of us, we think the t- Ten Commandments is like, this is how we make God happy. This is, not, this, is, this is not why the Ten Commandments were given. This is not why God began to give us uh, this, the, these covenant, what was, what's known as the Torah, to us. The, the commandments were given to us for our best interest in mind so that we can begin to live a fulfilled life right here, right now. It's God's wisdom. And as we be, these commandments, they're about our relationship with, not only with God, but with those around us. And, and these commandments are supposed to reflect God's goodness. God's goodness to those around us, and, and, and then we begin to lead lives in such a way that other people say, well, I, I wanna, I wanna, I'm attracted to whatever it is that you're involved in. There's something different about you. It's called, his name is Jesus. And that's what this, the Ten Commandments is, is all about. So let me begin by asking this question. Does anyone loving, I mean, does, if you, does anyone love hearing some good gossip? Who does the hand of love hearing good gossip? What's, what's the goss? Right? Like, hey, did you, did you hear about so-and-so? Oh, my goodness. Oh, do you realize? Oh, my, they, they cheated on their wife. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay. You know, here's the thing. Why is it that we're drawn? Why is it that we're drawn to gossip? You know, here's the thing. Um, the more a gossip is quoted, the more that it is believed. Has anybody, does anybody get into Shakespeare? Anybody get into Shakespeare? You guys know the, the Shakespeare play Othello? Othello, is that what he said? If, you, if you're familiar with Othello, it's about where, where Othello, he hears all this, this slander. He hears all this rumors about his wife having an affair. In fact, that leads him to killing his wife to only discover that none of it was true. Right? And gossip, when it's, when it's quoted enough, it becomes, uh, it becomes believed by too many people. This is what we need, we need to uh, understand is that that gossip becomes sweeter. It becomes sweeter, especially, especially uh, when we hear gossip from someone that we don't like. Right? I, I knew that about that person. I just had this feeling in my bones. Right? It, it sounds sweeter when we hear it. It's interesting that gossip can give us all the details without any of the facts. We know all the, the, uh, the juicy bits of the story without the real facts. And, 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 and gossip, um, gossip is nobody's friends. Sometimes someone will come up to you and I'll say, hey, probably shouldn't tell you this probably just keep this between me and you you know next time someone comes up to you and says i probably shouldn't tell you this then what do we say well maybe you shouldn't then maybe you shouldn't do but this is what we do well since you started you might as well keep going right you can't just give a start and no 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 i better not say it right how many conversations have you heard from someone they start something then they stop no 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 better not say and then you go well, just keep going. You must have you started, right? Well, how about, so I actually know, if, it, if you shouldn't say it, then don't say it at all. Why don't we just say that? Because here's the thing, gossip is repeating private information to someone that is neither part of the problem nor p- part of the solution. Beware of gossip. Gossip is nobody's friend. It's no wonder the ninth law deals directly, directly with this, with this issue. So here's the countdown. Number 10. 
we saw that we did this last week. Do not covet. And number nine is do not testify falsely. Do not testify falsely. Exodus chapter 20, verse 16 says this. You must, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. So sometimes this verse is kind of like a shortened to uh, do not lie. Do not lie. But let me ask you this question. Is lying a sin? Is lying a sin? And here's the thing. When, whenever a pastor asks a, a question, especially when I ask a question, you think, oh, no, is this there? What's the catch of this question? I'm not sure if the, the obvious answer isn't always obvious, right? Is lying a sin? And uh, here's the thing. You might be surprised with the answer. And the answer is this. It depends. It depends. What does it depend on? It depends on motives. Because here's the thing. Um, is your lie trying to cover up something you did wrong or trying to cover up what someone else did wrong? If it is, then yes, it is a sin. Is your lie about destroying someone's character? Is, is your lie about deceiving someone with evil intent? Well, if it is, then yes, it is a sin. But it's telling, it's telling your loved one that you have to work late, but what you're really doing is you're meeting up with others to set up a hall for their surprise birthday. You know, is that lie a sin? Or maybe during World War II, right? I mean, how many have done that? Like you're trying to surprise uh, a special, you know, maybe one of your children or you're trying to surprise someone and you kind of tell a little fib, like to say, hey, um, this is all, you're taking your kids somewhere, but you'll tell, say, hey, uh, we, we're going. Um, and you know, you say you're going to take them to someone that's really lame, right? And, and, but you're really going to take them to, or, you know, whatever, this amusement park or whatever. And you think, okay, here we go. And the kids are like, oh, do we have to go? And you get there and you surprise them. And they go, oh my goodness, right? Now, is that lie a sin? Right? So we got, and all, well, here's, here's, here's another thing to ponder. During World War II, and um, those people who, who were hiding Jews away from the Nazis, and the, when the Nazis came knocking on the door, and they said, have you seen any Jews? And they lied, and they said, we have not seen any. Now, is that lie a sin? Right? And the answer is no. No, not at all. And now, is there precedent in the Bible? Is there examples in the Bible? Yes, there is. There's, there's many. Like when, when Pharaoh in the book of Exodus said to the, to the Hebrew midwives, he said, you know, when the Hebrew uh, woman give birth to their child, I want you to execute every single male child born. And the Bible tells us because the, the, the Hebrew midwives feared the Lord, they allowed every male infant to survive. So they lied to Pharaoh. In fact, Pharaoh questioned them. And Pharaoh said to them, why did you let them live? And so they tell this little fib. They say, well, you got to understand, Pharaoh, See, the Hebrew, the, Hebrew, the Hebrew women are very different to the Egyptian women. In fact, when they, when, they come into, when they go into labor, they give birth really quickly. And so by the time we get there, they're already born. So they told this little lie to Pharaoh, right? Or, or, or Joshua 2, where, where Rahab, Rahab lies to protect two spies, the Israelite spies, and protect them from the king of Jericho, right? And then there's a strange story in 1 Kings chapter 22. Very strange story god sends a lying spirit who sends it god does god sends a lying spirit to plot the downfall of the evil king ahab it's incredible you see there are situations where withholding the truth may be necessary to protect someone's safety or privacy see it's important to consider the, um, the context and the intention behind any decision to withhold or 
or to alter the truth. Yes, you should not lie. And it's not wrong to sum up the law as do not lie. It's not wrong to sum it up like that. And we see it all the time. And I read it, I read it all the time. But, but we have to assume the motives. That's why I love the command that God gives. Because the command that God gives is much more nuanced. This, this command of do not testify falsely. It's more nuanced than just don't lie. Because what it does, it, it, it emphasizes the importance of, it, of having pure intentions and motives behind our actions. That's why, uh, uh, that's why, that's why our, it's do not testify falsely. I, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I, the, tenth, the number nine, the law is do not lie. Well, actually, it's more nuanced than that. It's more, do not testify falsely. Because it emphasizes the importance of having pure intentions and motives behind our actions. So why do we violate the ninth commandment? Why are we drawn to gossip? Right? Why, why, are we, why, are we, why do we fall into the trap of slandering someone? And I love what James does. James is the half-brother of Jesus and one of the early church leaders. And he's writing this letter. And he's writing this letter to the church. And, and it's from the, the book of James. And if you've got your Bibles, we're going to have the, the verses on, on, on our PowerPoint as well. James chapter 3. Let's have a look at verse 2. And James gives us some insights on this. On this, do not testify falsely. This is what he says in verse 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, right? We all make many mistakes. It's, if someone says, well, I don't lie, well, then straight away we know that's a lie, right? Okay. <laughs> Indeed, we all make many mistakes. If, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every, in every other way. I mean, how many... How many careless words have left our lips? And as soon as we've released the words from our lips, we've regretted it instantly, right? How, every single one of us, we've said things and we wish we can just grab those words and stuff them back into your mouth. But once they leave, once they leave your lips, there's nothing you can do about them. Those words begin to go and they begin to, they begin to either build up or destroy. That's what James, he says, we all make mistakes. We all do it. Every single one of us. Which is why we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. Verse 3. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So you've got this, this little bit in the horse's mouth that's able to direct the horse, or the small rudder that directs this huge ship. So this is, this is really important because words direct. Words, although words are small, they direct. You can change the world with a couple of words. See, a few words are all it takes to, to change attitudes around. And I've used this example before, but I always go back to, to the rugby team that I was coaching, the um, Fraser High School rugby team. And um, our boys, we, we, we narrowly lost this game, and but we lost a lot of games, but well, it makes what, 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 why this one stands out than, than other games is because there were a lot of decisions that was like, oh my gosh, the way the referee was officiating this game and the cause, you know, we get, it was called the rubber of the green. And we all experienced that. But there was so much rubber of the green. It's, it's like we had so, uh, going against us, the other team became green. They started whitening on our green. And, um, and, was, and, and even the coach of the other team came up and apologized to us and goes, I'm so sorry for the call. We don't agree with what the referee is. And, and after the game, our boys were bitterly disappointed. They were devastated. One of the boys took his mouth guard out and he just threw it on the ground. I gathered them together. 
And I just brought, I said, hey, look, this is not who you are. This is not who you are. Lift your head up high. Lift your head up high, and let's congratulate the other team. And, and, and just with a few words, it changed the atmosphere of what was happening amongst those boys. And I went and congratulated them. They came together, and, and they began to sing an island hymn, and they began to honor God with this island hymn. And after they finished honoring God, they went and gave a haka to the opposite team, and they began to honor the other team. Words direct. It's amazing how you can change attitude with a few words that can direct. Verse 5, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. All it takes is a spark to set a forest on fire, which is why, which is why um, our fire department does not like Guy Fawkes. How quickly can a fire start, right? Because words, words destroy. Words destroy. It was through words that Hitler was able to spread false information and manipulate public opinion, convincing ordinary citizens to participate in unspeakable atrocities. So this is what we call insinuation. And insu- insinuation is when you make a statement that leads people to believe something that is not true. Because words destroy. Yeah. How many times have we insinuated something? Because we we're setting something on fire here. Just be careful with our tongues or words, words destroy. Verse 6, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness and corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. You know, we know a fire on a cold, wintry night. A fire in the fireplace. It's beautiful, right? If you've ever surrounded, gone around a fireplace and, it's, and, and, you, and, it, and it just generates this amazing warmth and it creates atmosphere and where you want to get engaged. Or something like that, you know, maybe just keep, maybe keep the men away from that. You know, we just, just get in there, right? And, you know, you just go, oh, let's get, let's whip out the marshmallows. Just my wife's telling me to keep going. But here's the thing. A fire in the fireplace is beautiful. But if you start a fire in the wrong place in the house, it's, it's destructive. It's amazing how quickly Sitting up, starting a fire somewhere else, and I can destroy the whole house in seconds, in minutes. I wonder. I wonder how many, how many of us, because of a careless word. I wonder how many people, because of careless words, have destroyed their marriages, have destroyed their relationships, have destroyed their careers, their their, their reputation, all the reputations of others, because of careless words and. And, and, and look where the flames of destruction originate from. James says they originate from hell itself. Jesus said that, 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 that the devil is the, is the father of all lies. That all lies begin with the devil. So what are you allowing in your life? Verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil full of deadly poison and the comparison that, that James brings here is with, with words and poison and, 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 it, and it emphasizes the power of language and the impact that it can have on people's lives. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but well, words, words won't harm me, right? That's not a nursery rhyme. That's a nursery crime. There's, 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 if there's any an untruth spoken in the playground, there's that one. Oh, oh my goodness, names do 
Broken bones heal quicker than a broken spirit. External wounds heal quicker than eternal wounds. Verse 9. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Now, who is James writing this to? Is he writing to just random people on, on, um, out there on the street? Is he writing it, is he writing it to, um, to the, the, the pagan worshippers of pagan temples? Who's he writing this letter to? He's writing it to believers. He's like, hey, here we are. You're praising God. And with the same of you praise God and then you curse someone else. You slander someone else. You gossip about someone else. And they go, surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. Come on. This is what James is saying. And because, because words are meant to refresh. Words refresh. See, our words are intended by God to refresh those around us. If you are a believer, your job is to, is to refresh. It's to refresh your husband, refresh your wife. Speak words that refresh your children. Speak words that refresh your place of education. Speak words that refresh your workplace. These are what our words are meant to do. The, the highest use of your mouth is to praise God. That's the highest use of, use of our mouth is to praise God. But James says, what do we do with the same mouth? We tear people down. And people say, wow, well, at least I didn't curse God. Well, that's okay. I, you know, I, I honor God, but at least I'm not cursing him. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes, you are cursing God. Do you know why? Do you, do you know why? Because the Bible tells us that, that when we tear people down, that it's, a, it's, it's an attack against God. Did you know that? When you gossip about someone, when you slander someone, when you, when, when you say, bring some, some things that is false against someone, that's an, we're attacking God. Why? Why, are we, why? why does the Bible tell us we're attacking God? Because we are made in God's image. To curse man is to curse God. To curse man is to curse God. And so, so James says, come on, brothers and sisters, this is not right. Verse 11. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives? Or a grapevine produce figs. No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Right? So James, he identifies the problem. He says the problem is the source. He's not talking about what he's source. Hey? The problem is the source. The true source. And Jesus, Jesus says it like this in Luke chapter 6 verse 45. He says a good person produces good things. From the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. What's the source? What's in your heart? What's coming out of you? Right? The point is, is whatever is in the whatever is in the well comes out in the water. Whatever is in the tree comes out in its fruit. Fig trees cannot produce olives. If, if that thing is producing olives, then that thing is an olive tree. Right? It's talking about the very nature of what it is. This is its nature. An orange cannot produce lemons because the nature of that thing is an orange tree. So if cursing 
and gossip and slander are coming out, then I have to look at the nature of who I am. What's coming out of you? So what does this mean for us? It means before I open my mouth, I need to ask myself, is it true? Is it true? If it's true, then I've got to ask, will it help anybody to say it? Right? Just because it's true doesn't mean you should say it. Do I, do, do I look skinny in these jeans? Right? Depending where you want to sleep, answer that question. I'm talking to the blokes, okay? My wife, she said to me, James, she said to me, oh, do I look, you know, this, I don't, I don't, I, this, you probably never get asked this question, but I get this, do I look fat in these jeans? That's what she said. And now uh, we used to watch this program called My Wife and Kids, and we love it. And I love the way they talk. And, just, and uh, anyway, and on My Wife and Kids, I was watching the show, and he says, his, the wife asked him this question, do I look fat in these jeans? And she goes, you look fat, P-H-A-T, like fabulous, right? And I thought, I thought that's, that's a good line. I'm going to try that line. So Poro, she asked me this question. She goes, do I look fat in these jeans? And I thought, and I thought, I'm, I'm going to try that line. I was like, yes, you do, dear. She goes, what? He goes, F-A-T-A. Then I realized I spelt it wrong. Stay in school. That's right. It's the center one. Yeah. So before you open your mouth, is it true? And will it help anyone to say it? Right? If the answer is no to any of these questions, well, then keep your mouth closed. Seriously. You don't end up on the couch. Honestly. No, just kidding. That doesn't happen. Just maybe one. Maybe. Here's the thing. It could be true, but if saying it is not going to help someone, don't say it. So here's the thing. You can, you can use truth to slander someone. You can use truth to sin. Just like you can use a lie to either save someone or a lie to sin. It's the words, it's the intentions of what's coming out. So say what you mean. Mean what you say. But don't say it mean. Don't say it mean. Say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. See, the ninth commandment, I love the ninth commandment, the more I'm getting into this. Do not testify falsely. It's a heart checker. It, it holds me accountable. Like, and that's what love scripture, that's what scripture does. And, I, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm reading, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm praising God. I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing really good. And then I come across the, Ninth commandment, it says, do not testify falsely against your neighbor. And I'm like, oh, oh, actually, oh, actually, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Oh, actually, what did I just say? Oh, oh. And it, it keeps me accountable. And, and that's why the 10th commandment, the 10 commandments have our best interest in mind, even when we don't. It really, uh, you know, if you've got a problem with your tongue, it's much more serious than you think. Your heart is under attack. You're not having a heart attack. Your heart is under attack. Seriously, because your tongue shows the real you. The real you. It either gets its inspiration from heaven or from hell. We have to be honest. We have to be honest with ourselves and, and, and recognize what's in the well. What's in the well? What's, what's in here? 
we, we, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, if we're all honest with ourselves, and when we, when we come before God, we examine our heart and we say, my heart is deceitful, Lord. I need you. I need you. These words keep coming out and I can't do this on my own. There's an issue with what's inside my heart. Here's the thing, when we recognize it and we bring it before God, that's when we find freedom. The beginning of honesty is the confession of dishonesty. Because when we're honest with ourselves and we come before God, that's when we find freedom, when we bring it out into the light. Because cleaning the outside of the well when there's poison on the inside is not going to do any difference. Don't just, just keep the outside clean even though there's poison in there. This issue is not the outside, it's what's inside the well. See, changing the outside, or, or maybe I'll, I'll just turn over a new leaf. When what I really need, I need a new well. I need a new heart. Because we all need a fresh start. We all need to let go of the past. We all need to be born again. We all need to start over. And Jesus, Jesus was, a, was the victim of the, of the ninth commandment being broken. On the night that he was betrayed, he was, he was, he was hurled into this kangaroo court. And, and there they brought false witnesses again, a violation of the ninth commandment. They brought false witnesses against Jesus. And Jesus was crucified. And he, and, and he crucified and he died on the cross and he paid the price for our lies and our untruths. So that through his resurrection, he offers us a new way forward, a new start. He offers us forgiveness and transformation and the power to be truthful. And that's what Jesus offers us. And then when we come before him, Jesus, I need you. I can't do this on my own. And we're honest before him and that I need to travel with you and be with you. Because some of us are living and believing lies about ourselves that has bound you up for too long. And you need to be set free. And some of us have been, been perpetuating this lie in it, and you need to repent of it. When we look into a distorted mirror, we see a distorted image of ourselves. And it, because quite often, when we have false information, we come to false conclusions. And Jesus wants to set us free. See, do you want to meet the truth? The tr and truth has a name. His name is Jesus. Do you need to come to Jesus from cleansing, from, from cursing, from gossip, and from slander? Do you have a loose tongue? Do you need to be set free from lies? Do you need healing from words spoken over you or about you? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And this truth, because let me tell you something, the world has truth that looks appealing, but it will only lead to destruction for this truth. This truth will set you free. So I invite you to face the truth, to face Jesus, who can liberate you and set you free. The beginning of honesty is the confession of dishonesty. And that's when we find freedom. The Lord, I've, I've tried to do this on my own. I find myself drawn into these areas and these things, and there are times when I say things. Or maybe you're here and you believe this lie about you and, and, and someone said that you weren't good enough. And the reason why you haven't stepped out is because you believe this lie and you've kept your head down low and you haven't stepped out into your purpose. Maybe God's calling you into a new job 
or calling you into ministry or calling to something. But you thought, well, I'm just, my life is, my life is a wreck. Why will God use me? People told me, look, you've dis- look what you've destroyed. God will never use me. Now I believe God is here and, he, and the Lord will say to you is, this is not who you are. Lift your head up high. It's hard to be to break free of these, these lies, these curses, these slanders against you. So Father, right here, right now, Lord. Father, I just pray, may you begin to set us free. May we come face to face with the truth, with, the, with, with true life, with the resurrection and the life. May we be people who speak refreshness, words that build people up. And yes, Lord, there are times when we just let slip and we wish we can grab these words and put them back in our mouths. Oh, Lord, I just pray, give us words to humble ourselves and say that we're sorry. And not just say it, Lord, but mean it. Father, we pray for wisdom that, that we mean what we say. We say what we mean, but we don't say it mean. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everyone said. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand wherever you are.